Do you want to reach the people that you love most with the good news of God's grace? Join author and international evangelist Sammy Tippett as he interviews Christian leaders who will ignite your passion to bring others to Christ. Well, I greet you all in the name of Jesus, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Ignite Your Passion, a podcast that stirs the flame for evangelism in our churches, in our personal lives, and in our nation and world. Uh, Evangelism is at the very heart of God, because listen, it has not changed that old verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son is just as relevant today as it was years ago in other generations. And so God is still in the business of seeking people. He's wanting to manifest himself to them. He wanted people to know Christ. And, and so it's, uh, it's exciting. Thank you for joining us again on this podcast. And today, I have a very special guest, David Stockwell. David, welcome. Hello, Sam, and hello, listeners. Wow, it's good to hear your voice, Sam. We go back a long ways. Yeah, we do. Back to Baton Rouge, to Cajun country, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we we actually knew each other as kids, and uh, long before I became a Christian. Matter of fact, uh, for people that I maintain a relationship with, you're one of the very few people that I knew as a child that I've had this almost lifelong friendship with, and, uh, and wow, you know, so it's it's been it's been exciting. But I remember, uh, I was a brand new Christian. I just come to know Jesus. My heart was on fire, and uh, I started this Christian youth movement. And you came out one night, and uh, you hadn't yet given your heart to Christ, but you were in kind of a seekers mode. I think you had been to uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes or, or something like that. Is that right? Yeah, you know, Sam, uh, when we were kids and uh, one of my cousins knew you and I'd see you at his house and we'd play football. But, you know, I grew up in church and I had a mom who really loved God with all her heart. She's 92 now and still on fire for God. And uh, we just uh, I just did not was not willing to turn and trust Christ. Um, I was religious a little bit, but mostly I was a rebel. But I don't know if you remember this, but you stopped and talked to me about Christ right after you got saved, after you mm-hmm. gave your life to Christ. You were sharing the good news then, and uh, God used that to convict me. And then it was later I went to the uh, my high school coach took me to a fellowship of Christian athletes meeting, and I saw these great athletes and Coach Tom Landry of the Dallas Cowboys, and they were all talking about how they were unashamed of Jesus. And I had a real hunger in my heart. And then uh, I know you were involved in in that crusade in the Coliseum in Baton Rouge. And right. I went one night and realized that I was lost. I didn't know Christ. I heard the good news. I turned from my sin. I trusted Christ. He came in and he changed me. And uh, God did such a great work in my heart. I just wanted to tell everybody. Amen. Wait, and, and let me let me just kind of break in here and, and let everybody know because you you probably won't say this, but I'm going to say it. You were a great athlete. In fact, you ended up going to Rice on a football scholarship and played football for Rice, and we'll talk about that in a second. But but also you were you're a great student. You were top of your class in academics. 
And uh, so you had a great platform and you witnessed a lot of those, those guys. Is that right? Uh, well, we saw many of the guys on my high school football team give their lives to Christ. Uh, our coach helped us start the first high school fellowship of Christian athletes group in Louisiana. And then um, we brought in Paul Anderson, who was called the world's strongest man, and uh, went around and, and helped start a, a, a lot of FCA groups at other high schools. And uh, I began just to share the Lord with everybody that I could. And I'm just that year, hundreds of students at my high school gave their lives to the Lord. And they were on fire with, with a flame from the Lord to, to uh, reach people with the good news of Christ. And I had other scholarships, including LSU, but I really felt the Lord wanted me to go to Rice University. I went there. I started in engineering and uh, right after I started, the the Holy Spirit made it clear to me He wanted me to just prepare to uh, to go out and tell people about the Lord and trust Him to open the doors and provide so that we could do it. And I began to speak at high schools and uh, to to athletes and then to um, entire student bodies in all around the Houston area. And then that just kind of began to open up. Uh, all around the country. And for years, I traveled, uh, you know, all across this country, uh, telling people how good it is to know Jesus. And, you know, I've had a lot of ups and downs in my life. We all have. And there have been times when I've not just, when God's had to deal with me with issues in my life, and I've had to, uh, you know, repent and give my life uh, back to Him anew and afresh. And that's something we have to do every day. Yeah, and um, I began to um, to uh, just have wonderful times of seeing people come to Christ. Yeah, and you know, David, uh, one of the things that I've appreciated about you, and I just love you for it, and that is, during the ups, it's easy to proclaim Christ, and then the downs, and you went through some downs, you went through some tough times, but. One thing has been constant through all of this. You never gave up proclaiming Jesus. And you, you're today proclaiming Jesus as much as you were, or more than you were, excuse me, more than you were back then as a high school student, as a college student. As I, I remember in seminary, you were, you were going all over the country sharing Christ and speaking in schools. And, and, uh, but you're doing even more today. And, uh, and that's really what I want to kind of talk to you about, because I, I believe that, David, we're, on, uh, we're in a time period in which is the greatest season of harvest perhaps ever in the history of the church. Most people in America don't realize this because we may not be seeing it here in the States, but around the world, God is doing something. And you're, you've, been a, you've been a part of that. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now in other parts of the world. Well, you know, what you said is very true. The great uh, mission teachers and missiologists, they're called, have shown that there's a far greater harvest of people coming to Christ right now by far than any time in history. It's happening all over the world. Uh, but at the same time, in America, uh, we're in trouble, and we need God to move among us and re- and 
um, just to revive us, but all around the world, God is moving so powerfully. And, um, you know, in our travels, and I know you've seen this, we meet men and women and young people who have come to Christ and who are on fire for the Lord. And as as we share the good news, as the Lord gives us opportunity, uh, we see people with a real hunger uh, to hear the good news of Christ. And, you know, we we use sometimes the word evangelist or evangelism, but we need to just keep it simple and remember that what we're talking about is the good news about Christ, yes. that even though we've all sinned, we all deserve hell, that Christ suffered and shed his blood and died on the cross and was buried and rose again for us, and that if we'll turn and trust him, he'll forgive us and save us and uh, change us and make us into a new person. And we see people so very open to that message all around the world. I mean, it's astonishing uh, what God is doing. And uh, we we have been with uh, men and ladies that um, some that we've taught, some that we've trained up, some that we've helped mentor and you know, thank God I had some people, including you and men like uh, Manly Beasley and Jack Taylor and Freddie Gage and others. These men weren't perfect, but they were men who loved God and they were men who who helped me to understand better how to walk with God. And what we're seeing around these nations is that uh, there are, are men and women um, who are passionate about sharing Jesus. And in our conferences, we try to encourage them how to do that. And we have uh, uh, evangelists that we are, that our ministry is helping and equipping to uh, go to their nations and the nations around them. And I mean, it's astonishing how many people they're reaching uh, with the good news of Christ. Yeah. Before we get into that, and, and I, I want us to really target that in just a second here, but I want people to know what you do as well. I mean, you, in this incredible opportunity, in other countries, you can go into schools and preach the gospel. Is that right? And, and yeah, Africa, well, Philippines, you're, you're going in like you did here in the United <laughs> States years ago. You're going into those places and, and proclaiming Christ. Tell us a, a little bit about that. Well, part of what happens, uh, and I um, did that for years here in the U.S., and um, we're doing that now internationally. There is just such a wide openness for young people to hear about drug abuse and alcohol abuse and sexual immorality. You know, even even now in, in this country, you know, we're seeing 70,000 people I believe it was, that died last year uh, from drug overdoses. And these kind of things are going on all over the world where young people are facing these same problems. And the school officials and the teachers want somebody who will come in and help them and encourage the students. And uh, to be able to get up and tell young people and teachers and others who may be in different audiences we have, uh, even as we go into prisons and, and other places and other outreach events, to be able to tell people 
that no matter what you're facing, God loves you. He will forgive you. He will save you. He will change you. He'll make you a new person. Um, uh, and one day he'll take you to heaven. And to be able to give them hope and a future which God promises in his word, um, it's, it's an, um, a marvelous message that we have. You know, and by the way, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody present that message better than you do, because I was a high school student when I first began to hear you. Yeah. And uh, I was just out of high school. <laughs> I yeah. just graduated and I was a freshman at LSU. But but you know what? Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be really surprised to hear <laughs> that in other countries, you can go into schools and do this. You know, I think, I think it's going to be a, a real surprise for a lot of people. And one thing that, and I want to get to this a little bit later, but one thing is that there are a lot of churches today. It's this a new day. Churches are going on mission trips all over, but a lot of them are, are doing a lot of good things, a lot of helpful things, but evangelism is not a part of it. And, and I hope that they will get a vision that evangelism can be. And it's at the very heart of, of God and what God wants, you know. But, but now, you, you mentioned just a minute ago that you're, you're not just doing this, but you're training others in these countries to do this. Uh, tell us about that. And I, I think, is it called NEST? Is that what you're... you're um, just yeah, it's that. called... It's called NEST, or, and that stands for N-E-S-T, or the letters, and that's for National Evangelist Support Team. And we are uh, attempting, by God's grace, to, uh, to meet, to identify, to train, to equip, to help raise up, to help send out, to support, to pray for um, evangelists in different nations of the world. And right now we have about 50 of these men who are um, reaching hundreds of thousands of people in different nations. And um, I was um, when uh, about David, 20 years ago. What are some of the nations that, that, that you're in doing this? Well, we're doing it in uh, the Philippines, um, in uh, Peru, in quite a few nations in Africa, including okay. Um, Zambia, Zimbabwe, South Africa, Malawi, Tanzania, and uh, Kenya, and and Uganda. Wow, wow, that is great. That's great. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I just want to kind of get an idea of where all you, you were doing. You were on several continents then, so that's, uh, that's well. Great. I traveled. I traveled about 20 years ago with another friend uh, named Terry Vesey, who. Uh, he and I both went and did a project in Africa, in Zimbabwe. And uh, as Terry would speak in one place and I'd speak in another, and as we did our conference, we began to uh, have some of these young African preachers um, stand up and give their testimony. And I was absolutely blown away when I watched them communicate with their people. And the enthusiasm they had, the fire and passion that they had, the burden they had for their people to come to Christ, and the way that they were able to share the good news of Christ, uh, and, and it just, it, it 
so overwhelmed me how God used them as they stood up and they did that. And I began to see that these were men that had the kind of gifting that you have, that Billy Graham had, that that others have, and they were able to proclaim the gospel with such power. And I thought, Lord, is there a way that somehow I can help these men? And so in a very small way, uh, we began to uh, help them um, uh, financially, and we began to encourage them. Because, you know, sometimes if a guy in Africa can take $10 and and buy a, uh, $5 worth of food and some water and spend $5 on a bus ride, he can go to four or five schools um, 30 miles away and speak to 5,000 or more students wow. and and then help encourage the other pastors in their area. And, and most of these men that we help are pastors of churches. Some of them just do evangelism, but they're men who have such a strong gifting and such a desire to reach their people. And, and it's just wonderful uh, to watch how they're doing. Uh, man, I tell you what, I, I can't think of anything uh, better, David, that, that you could do and invest your money in. And I hope that people will support you in doing this and um, your your ministry. You have a website that people could go to? Yeah, it's just my name, davidstockwell.org, D-A-V-I-D-S-T-O-C-K-W-E-L-L.org. Well, I sure and uh, there's lots of information on there. Well, that that's great, and I hope people will go will go to it. You know, we are living in a day, and I, and I saw it. I was kind of ahead of the curve. I, I I started traveling internationally in 1971 when very few people were were doing that, and uh, went into communist countries. And, right. Uh, you know, and when no one was doing that, I mean, the people were smuggling Bibles in, but we went in preaching the gospel, and uh, and people said, "Oh, you can't do that." Well, you could. I mean. God, listen, God's heart is for the world, and he will do extraordinary things when we get on that path of going out into the world to reach the world. One of the things, and I want to talk about this for just a few minutes, one of the things that uh, uh, I had a pastor tell me one time, he said, Sammy, he says one of the, he said, and he used this word, he said, one of the dumbest things I ever told my congregation was, uh, you'll never reach the world. Uh, you'll never be a witness in the world until you can be a witness right here at home. He said, that sounds great. He said, but actually it's it, when I brought my people overseas and they got out of their comfort zone, out of their culture, and they began to share Christ there, then they came back and they said, you know what? I can do this at home. Right. Yes. <laughs> And uh, so he said, he said, he said, I, I never realized that, that, uh, you know, what I said sounded good and it sounded right, but, but it wasn't. And I think one of the reasons is, you know, God's heart is for the world. His heart is for the world. That's why he sent Jesus. And so when we begin to act in accordance to his heart, then he will do extraordinary things, and he works in our hearts. And, and so th there's something there. So I want to ask you this, and, and let's visit about this just for a few minutes. How can we get churches 
an evangelist involved in doing evangelism internationally. Uh, are there partnerships that can be developed? Uh, how, how can we reignite that passion to, to, to help churches and to help evangelists do the work of evangelism internationally? Well, one of the things that needs to happen is that uh, we all need to, uh, if we have a desire to do that, we need to get with other people who are already doing that. We need to find uh, groups overseas that we can go with. You can't usually just show up on the ground. You need to, it's helpful to know someone who's doing ministry, whether it's a national on the ground or whether it's one of our missionaries. Uh, because I found that uh, when I went on my first few mission trips uh, with other men and other ministries, that they were able to help show me uh, what needed to be done to help reach out to people. And then our, our, our churches um, just need to um, need to have a priority on telling the good news. You know, every all the, the great things that our churches are doing in this country can be wonderful. We need to be uh, doing uh, helps ministries and helping the poor, and we need to be uh, discipling people. Those things are sure. But uh, the first thing on the heart of God is that, first of all, we need to win the lost. And when, uh, and when uh, church members can go on a mission trip with, with a group of people or leadership, someone like your ministry, where the gospel is going to be preached and where people are going to come to Christ, um, it, 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 it helps light a flame in people. And of course, you know, Sammy, you and I have talked about this a lot of times in in this country. We need a revival. And I'm talking about, uh, first of all, me. I'm talking about uh, uh, other evangelists and pastors. We need for God to move in our hearts, to clean us up, to to uh, and to fill us with that, uh, with the Holy Spirit and give us that passion to reach the lost. And yeah. we're in such trouble in America and we need a mighty move of God. And uh, I mean, I remember times when I was in high school and when I was in college where God's spirit was moving so powerfully in this country. And uh, I miss those days. And yes, there are pockets in our country where many people are enthused and excited about reaching people and God's doing that, but we need a, a greater flame and uh, we need that passion to be ignited uh, by the Holy Spirit so that so that we do want to share uh, the Lord Jesus with other people. You know, in an, in an earlier interview, I was talking to Dr. Robert Coleman uh, about this subject and the thing that, you know, he said, he says, really evangelism flows from that kind of spirit. And I can tell you from my experience that the greatest times of harvest always come during seasons of revival. Uh, and the reason I say, I can tell you that from my experience, you know, Romania is, has been a place where I've gone for many years 
and I'm you know still gone there and I was there before the revolution when Christians were persecuted and there was a revival taking place among God's people. Now they right. were prohibited uh, from publicly proclaiming the gospel. Man, they prayed, they shared personally, and they were faithful in that in the hardest and darkest of times. But in one divine moment, God changed everything. And there was a five-year period, David, in Romania when you could stand on the street corner and scores of people would come to Christ. Wow. I, I, I preached, and I'm, and I'm talking about anybody could just stand on the street corner and preach, and, and scores of people would come to Christ. I would preach in stadiums where I had been preaching in churches previously. I, I now was filling stadiums. Stadiums wouldn't hold the people. And, uh, it, and But that was a divine move of God's Spirit. But what happened was people prior to that moment of freedom and that proclamation publicly, people were privately praying, privately sharing Christ. What they, what they would say is, we gossip the gospel. <laughs> In our factories, we're gossiping the gospel. In our homes, we're gossiping the gospel. And, and, and they, in a very because they weren't allowed to do it in stadiums and in public places. So they would very private ways, share the good news of Jesus Christ. And I think that's where it all really begins. It begins in the heart of every Christian having that passion that you talked about and sharing. So let's, let's, let's close this thing, turn it back to when you and I first came to Christ and you were a high school student what caused you, what was it, if you could put your finger on anything, what was it that gave you that passion to share the gospel? Well, for me, I realized the Lord convicted me that I was a sinner. And when I realized the kinds of things that Paul said in Ephesians chapter two, that that we're all sinners, but God, who's rich in his mercy, um, saved us. And uh, that by grace, you're saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. When I realized that God freely forgave me and saved me, and that day by day, he would live inside of me, he would continue to shape me and make me more like the Lord that he'd given me a place in heaven. And when I realized the great sacrifice that Jesus paid for my sins when he was beaten and tortured on the cross, uh, just with my heart, I wanted to serve God and I wanted people to know uh, the love and the forgiveness of God. And I wanted as many people as possible to know the Lord. And uh, for me, it's always been been a, a desire to find one more person and tell them how to know Christ and to try to help other Christians to be able to uh, to do the same, to be in to be able to go and tell somebody else, man, God is a good God. He loves us. He forgives us. He lives inside of us. He gives us power. He changes us. And no matter what you face, no matter what struggles you go through, God's going to bring you through. You know, uh, back some years ago, many years ago, uh, I, I had some real struggles uh, that happened financially. 
and uh, some problems in the family. And I mean, I got knocked down. But, you know, as God was using that to humble me, um, the thing is, God never left me. He was always there and he was always there for me and he was on my side. And, um, you know, just being able to tell people that no matter what you go through, and that's that's part of what we see in Africa and Asia. There are some some other places. A lot of Americans have no idea how difficult life is just for people to be able to put food on the table for their families. And uh, when people realize that God is for them, that uh, he will save them, that he'll uh, have them a place reserved in heaven, and that uh, he'll live inside of them and give them love and joy and peace. And I tell you, just knowing the love of God and and, uh, loving God and knowing that he loved me, and, uh, you know, I had a, a, a father who was a good man who did a lot of good things, but I never felt like he loved me. And boy, when I realized how much God loved me and he cared about me, uh, it just made me want to tell everybody. And so I think it's a matter of just um, uh, of trying to help others to see that and encouraging them. Yeah. Amen. And I tell you what, David, that it's so simple. You know, that we miss it. Uh, it's just God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us. And we, we say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. No, really embrace that. Really let that capture our hearts. And when that captures our hearts, I tell you, we're going to be sharing the gospel. That's why sometimes the most effective witnesses are the newest Christians. You know, right. uh, you know, because they have just experienced that. But we we need to go back to that. I need to go back to that. We, we need to go back to that first love, that, yes. that, that passion that, that Christ has for us. I, I appreciate you sharing so much, David. Thank you for taking the time today. And, and what I want us to do is I, I want us to just ask you to pray that God would send a revival among us and our churches in America uh, among pastors, among leaders, among evangelists, that he would revive us uh, to see that great love that you talked about. So would you just lead us in prayer here at the at the close? Dear God, we just want to tell you today, Father God, that we love you because you first loved us. And we deserve it. We understand that we deserve nothing but hell. But by your grace, you've saved us. You've forgiven us. And, uh, Lord, we, we stand in this country in need of a great move from you. And, Lord, I pray that you would uh, let it begin in me, that uh, anything and everything that's not of you, that you would cleanse. Yes. And, Lord, I pray for our other evangelists and for pastors and uh, people in our churches that you would move in power, that people would... Um, have their passion reignited to turn and uh, to love you with all their hearts and love you so much that we couldn't help but just go find someone else and tell them how good it is to know you. Because, Lord, you're a good God and you have great purposes for us. And, Lord, I just thank you that uh, you have not forgotten America, that you are speaking to people right now 
Mm-hmm. And I pray you'll draw us all, all near to you and, and fill us up and fire us up and send us out to tell somebody how good you are. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank you, David, for taking the time to share with us. And thank you for listening. And I uh, look forward to next week sharing with you another episode of Ignite Your Passion, where your passion for sharing the good news of Jesus Christ is reignited. God bless you. We hope you've been encouraged. If you'd like to hear more, visit sammytippett.org. There you'll hear podcasts, watch daily devotionals, and obtain books by Sammy that will ignite your faith, your love of family, and a passion to reach others.